0: Praise God. He is our living hope. Our scripture this morning comes from the book of Philippians, chapter 1, verses 3 uh, 3 through 11. Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version, Philippians 1, verses 3 through 11. I thank my God every time I remember you constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to think this way about all of you because you hold me in your heart for all of you share in God's grace with me both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I long for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you to determine what is best, so that in the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and the praise of God. Word of God for us this morning. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for being able to praise your name through song, for being able to celebrate your goodness in our lives. We ask you, O Lord, on this day, that as we continue this service, that you will speak to us through this word as it is proclaimed, that you will speak what we need to hear this very moment, and that, O Lord, it will be a blessing to our lives. We pray that now in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. It is important to remember what we are thankful for. Not long ago, we celebrated Thanksgiving, and you probably had that wonderful going around the table with the family and saying what you're thankful for, right? And 9 out of 10 people said, I'm thankful for my family, or I'm thankful for my food. The kids said, I'm thankful for my pet, you know. Everybody went around, and we celebrated what we were thankful for. We had that opportunity to just pause and just recognize that we are blessed and that God is with us. But so many times, we just don't take the time to be thankful the rest of the year, right? We don't stop long enough to count our blessings because we're too busy counting our troubles and our situations. And so when we hear this letter from Paul where he's writing to the Philippians, he's showing us an example of what it means to be thankful even in the most difficult of circumstances. He writes to the Philippians and he says that he he remembers them with thanksgiving in his prayers. You see, he's been in prison. And through the time that he has spent at prison, the Philippians have continued to stand by his side, continue to support him, continue to pray for him, and continue to stand for the gospel of Jesus Christ, even though they know that it landed him in jail. Paul was in prison. And most people in prison would have probably gotten down on themselves and said, you know, this is not going well, and I'm just going to give up, or I'm going to quit, or maybe I need to do something different. But Paul knew that he was in the place that God wanted him to be. That even though these were difficult circumstances, this is where God had placed him because God wanted to use this as an opportunity for him to witness. Sometimes God simply places us in difficult circumstances or has us walk through difficult valleys for the purpose of us being able to share our faith or exercise our faith. You know, if you, if you never run a marathon, you'll never prepare for one you got to prepare for one. You don't just go, oh, you know, today I feel like running a marathon. No, you have to prepare for it. And in a way, sometimes God walks us through difficult times because he's preparing us for something, or he wants to use us to give a witness to somebody through that situation. It is an opportunity for us to exercise our faith and to put it into action and to show that we really believe in what we say we believe. Paul is writing to the Philippians in a time in which many people would have refused to write. They would have been upset that they are in jail and that their situation has gone so badly. Paul didn't know if he would live or die. He didn't know if tomorrow they would decide to sentence him to death. He was in house arrest, just awaiting to see what the outcome would be. Now remember, this is not Paul's first time in jail. He's been in jail before because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in those circumstances, God has made a way for him to be released. He shook a jail and had all the doors fling open one time, right? So that he could leave. And then he didn't leave. He ministered to the jailer and then he was released. There had been other times in which he had been in jail and then they freed him. And so he knew that if God really wanted to get him out of jail, he would have already done it. So that told Paul, hey, this is where God wants me to be right now because if he really wanted me to be out of here, he would have already made a way. He would have already intervened. Knowing that he needed to be there for this time, it meant a lot to him that the Philippians continued to be faithful and continued to support him. He did, what he did know at this point was that the Philippians were holding him in their hearts and that they were continuing to be on his side as he endured prison. We know that they sent him aid and representatives of the church to let him know that they had not forgotten him. The Philippians chose to stand by Paul when others probably disavowed him. You know, if you land in jail, the amount of friends that you have automatically decreases by a ton. It does. People disavow you. You got in trouble. Oh, we don't want to have anything to do with you. All of a sudden, all your supporters are gone. All the people that used to be buddy-buddy with you don't even call to see how you're doing in jail. Don't come to visit because they don't want to be associated with you. Yet the Philippians had chosen to continue to support Paul even in jail and to show that they still believed in the gospel that he came to preach to them. And for this reason, Paul was eternally grateful and thankful. But Paul also wanted to take an opportunity as he sits in jail to write this letter because he wanted to encourage them in their faith. He wanted them to know that even though all of these things were happening, his confidence in Jesus Christ remained unchanged. He wanted them to know that even though things didn't look good for him right now, he still was confident that the one who began a good work in him will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. And this is so good to know. Because as I shared with the children, so many times we start things and we don't finish them. And it's true about others that commit to do things in our lives, you know? They say they're going to do it, they start it, and then they don't finish it. They let you down. And at times, people fail you. Organizations fail you. Work fails you. Co-workers fail you. And it is good to know that in the midst of all that, we have a God who is not fickle, who when he says he's going to do something, he completes it, and he he completely goes all the way through to the end we can have confidence in Jesus Christ that if God starts a good work in us, He's going to finish it, and He's going to do it all the way. Now, we've all heard that phrase, God is not finished with me yet. People often use that phrase when they're feeling imperfect or flawed, right? God's not finished with me yet. They still have stuff to work out in me. But what they don't realize is in saying, God is not finished with me yet, they're proclaiming that God is still at work and that God will complete the work. They're actually declaring their faith that God is not finished with me yet, but he will be at one point. They're basically saying, God is still at work in my life, and I know that there's still work to be done, and I'm willing to let him do it. God is not finished with me yet. When Paul writes to the Philippians, he's basically saying we are all unfinished work. And we all still have unfinished business. Things in our lives that still need to be worked out. Things in our lives that we're still praying for that we need answers for. Things in our lives that still need to be healed or restored. And knowing that God has not stopped working on them is encouraging and brings us hope. You know, it's good to know that even when I'm ready to quit, God doesn't quit. Even when I'm too tired to go on, God still gives me strength. Even when I think I can't love anybody because I'm too angry or sad or upset, God still gives me His love so I can do that. Paul wanted them to understand that God was still completing the work in them just as He was completing the work in Him. God was not finished with Paul yet. Oftentimes, I'll meet older people that have been in the church all their lives. They might be in their 70s or 80s or 90s. And there always is a point at which they come to me and they say, Pastor, I don't know why I'm still here. My children are grown. I've worked. I've done everything in my life. Why am I still here? And I always tell them, God must not be finished with you yet. There might still be something that he needs to work out with you. There might still be something that he needs you to do or something that he needs you to share or something that you need to impact with your life. And therefore, The work that God began in you years ago is not finished yet. God will bring to completion all the good work he has started in us, but not just us. He will complete the work that he has started in our country when he founded it on Christian principles. He will complete the work that he started in our families as we have tried to raise them in the gospel of Jesus Christ. He will complete the work that he has started in our children when they have had their stumbles and their falls, and we continue to trust that God will restore them. He will continue to complete the work in our workplace where we're having trouble with coworkers or not getting along with our boss. He will continue to do the work that he does because this is the God that we serve, a God of perfect love, a God of perfection that continues to work to make us perfectly like Christ. And doesn't stop until we appear before him. Paul wanted the Philippians never to lose hope. Elsewhere in the letter, we know that he invites them to rejoice always. He said in the good, and the bad, in the healthy times, in the sick times, in the times where everything's going your way, and in the times where everything's falling apart, continue to rejoice because your rejoicing comes from knowing that you belong to the Lord. And the Lord belongs to you. Paul knowing that he can't go to them because he's in jail. He does the next best thing. By the way, if you can't visit somebody because you can't physically go there and be with them, the next best thing is what Paul does. He prays for them. Listen to his prayer because I think it's it's just a profound prayer. This is my prayer, he says, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you to determine what is best, so that in the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and the praise of God. Did you notice that Paul's prayer has everything to do with what God does in us and through us and for us? It has everything to do with God's work in perfecting us to be more like Christ, to be more Christ-like, to have the abundant life that comes through Jesus. You know, he's not going to ask us when we get there, how many times did you show up at church? How many times, how much money did you give? You know, how many Bible verses did you memorize? He's going to ask Were you made perfect in love in Jesus Christ? Did you believe in him as your Lord and Savior? Were you about the works of righteousness that yield the harvest of life? We know that the day will come when we will stand before the throne of God and we we want to be found pure and blameless. But we also know that we can't achieve that on our own. You know, you can try to be as good a person as you want. But at the end of the day, it is only through the righteousness of Jesus Christ that the work of God is completed in us and we can stand before the throne of God. On that day, I believe we will see how the hand of God was working in our lives, working things out in times when we didn't know it was even happening. That we will see how God intervened at this point and at that point and at that point and when we will realize just how much God has been for us even when we didn't know it. And at that time, I think that our rejoicing and thanksgiving will be such that that is why we will never be able to stop praising God because it will pour out from us as we realize His goodness and His love. God finishes that which he starts. At this time of the year, we are reminded that God started something over 2,000 years ago, that he sent Jesus into the world to start something, to start the way to our redemption, to start establishing the way to save us, to give us the opportunity to say yes to his invitation to be his people, and that through Jesus, that saving work began over 2,000 years ago in a manger. But that that work is not finished yet. That work continues to be done every day in our lives as we continue to relive the story of Jesus and to share that story with others. That work continues as we tell the world that we believe He really is the Savior and the Light and the life. That work continues as we continue to let God shape us and mold us into what he needs us to be every day. Because God is still working right now in our lives. Paul wrote, I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among us will bring it to full completion. I believe that is true for us too. And this word should encourage us to continue to let God be at work, molding and shaping us into his people. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you because you don't quit on us. You continue to work on us, O Lord, even when we might be difficult to work with, even though we might be resistant at times. You continue, O Lord, to to seek us out, to love us, to try to redeem us from our sins, to give us new life in Jesus Christ. Lord, on this day, we just ask that your work that you have began in us will be made complete, that you will help us, O Lord, to pursue it, to love you with all of our hearts, and to continue to live out your gospel so that others will know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. We turn ourselves over to you, Lord, We place ourselves in your hands. Continue to work in us. We pray that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The altar is open. If there's something that you're working out and you just need time at the altar, you can just come and be between the two green markers on this side and pray by yourself. And just bring that that you're working out with God before him. Just just bring it to the Lord. If you would like somebody to pray with you, we invite you to come to the other side and Somebody in our prayer team will come and we will pray with you for whatever it is that God is helping you work out right now. Let us worship as the altar is open.